Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, back with another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. And on this week's episode, we'll be talking about The Last Dance, the documentary uh, for the last season of Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson on the Chicago Bulls and breaking down how that dynasty went down and ultimately how your own pride can take down uh, can take down something that's great. So we'll be talking about that. Um, we do have uh, the first lady back with more Cookie Chronicles. And this one is a doozy. I can't wait till you guys get to hear this one right off the top of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and say make sure you're, you're following us at the Awaken Soul Pod or at Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. You can also follow me individually at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. We're going to go ahead, we're going to get into our intro music, and I'll catch you guys right on the other side of this. The following is a Breaks Media Podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. So welcome to the end of Mine Hayes segment. And the first thing that really the only thing that I have to talk about this week is the last dance. So if anyone who follows me on Twitter uh, or just knows me, knows I'm a super big Chicago Bulls fan. I have been a fan of the Chicago Bulls primarily my whole entire life. My dad is from Chicago. He grew up on the south side of Chicago. So I just I've always been endeared to that team. Like I said, basically born and raised a Chicago Bull fan. If I wasn't a, Chicago, a Bulls fan growing up in my house, it would have been a very big problem. So watching this documentary and especially episode one, because episode two was more about it was the Scottie Pippen episode, but they didn't get as into depth on the Jerry Krause thing. And so just watching this, I'm like seeing Jerry Krause and like even the way people described him and the fact that he really took down a dynasty uh, because he wanted he just wanted to rebuild it. He wanted kind of the glory of it. And, you know, it talked about some of his comments being taken out of context. And, you know, that does happen in the media. 
all the time. We've talked about it here, how the media can switch and turn things. And they left out a word that really turned the, that whole phrase into having a different meaning. But at the same time, I think when you look at it and just look at like the air that was surrounding that last season, it really puts in perspective just everything of of how everything has to come together for a dynasty. And people really get that the Bulls were on the top top of the mountain when you think about it. Like they had Michael Jordan, the best player of a generation, the best player of all time, in my opinion. And when you have someone who's ready to blow that up, who has no issues with considering blowing up the dynasty that that they built um to really just to to start over um and to really be in power i think you know at least this this is my take this is not what was said in the documentary but from my opinion it really i got the feeling of it that jerry krauss kind of felt like phil and mike had too much power they had too much say so especially when you look at um the Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, uh, really going and making a deal with Phil Jackson for him to come back for that last season. Really, when Kraus wasn't willing to do it or didn't even care, really, if Phil Jackson was going to come back, I really think Kraus felt like they had too much power. And so he wanted to take that back. He wanted the power not to be on the players and the coach to be in the organization overall. Again, my thoughts. And it really just took it down. That motherfucker. <laughs> and this is for me being a huge Jordan fan and a Phil Jackson fan. When you look at what Phil Jackson was able to go on and do, and when you look at the fact that Jordan, he came back, he played for the Wizards, which we don't talk about, we act like it doesn't exist. Um, But when you really look at the fact that they could have kept that going, and Krause, to his credit, I'm not just going to sit here and just talk about the negatives with Krause. When you look, he built two different dynasties. He was the person in charge. I believe he was the one who drafted Scottie Pippen. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think Ron Thorne was in power then. Um, bringing in Dennis Rodman, making the trades that he made to bring in the players and keep and keep this team afloat. Um, they even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals the year that the year when Jordan was gone and and Scottie was the the um, main player on the team. So when you when you look at it, Kraus wasn't terrible all the time at his job. I just really think his pride got in the way. But one thing that I do want to say about this documentary in towards like 2019, 2020, we've gotten so many great documentaries or shows just built around our culture. Um, This one is something that people have been waiting for for a long time. And they talked about it in the documentary for all intents and purposes, the Bulls and Michael Jordan were superstars. They were the rock stars. They were out out of this world on another planet. And so when you look at the fact that they knew that this was going to be the last dance and that this footage, some of this footage has been set, sat on for years and years and years. And you have Michael Jordan, someone who typically is very private, like Michael doesn't open up like he has been on this documentary. And in just the the first couple episodes, he even admittedly talked about Scotty. He felt Scotty Pippen was being selfish with the surgery um, and just getting to see this. I think this is something that I would love to see for more players and, and just more th- like we didn't back in the age before social media and before we got and saw so much of these of superstars, just and not just sports, but in music and everything, you know, we didn't have this level of access to them. So now seeing them and seeing Scotty and Pippen and Steve Kerr, and then even like the magic and um, Larry Bird were interviewed just on like what Michael Jordan uh, meant to the game and playing against him. We didn't really get to see as much of it as what we do now. So like having this on the stage that it is now and getting the focus, it's like really it's it's kind of opening the door to something that, you know, if you follow the sport, you kind of knew these things. But to really get uh, inside of Jordan's mind and what he's thinking about 
is just great. Uh, overall, you know, the first two episodes are a win in my book. Episode three is going to be Dennis Rodman. I think we get three and four. I'm not sure how like often they're showing them out. I, I may, oh, man, I, I know I've, I've done like live streams for the film frequency before. I don't know if I need to do this to see if JB would be interested in us live streaming about it. But man, this documentary is just amazing. And like seeing and hearing Jordan talk about like how him being competitive with his brothers uh, led to his competitive spirit now and hearing them talk about it and the fact that they couldn't beat him. Um, some of his old college teammates that said when he came in, uh, they were better than Jordan for like two for like two weeks or whatever. So it, it's it, it's really a pill, a, a peek behind um, a player who has not always opened up and was one of the greatest of all time. So it was just it's amazing to see. And I, for one, I loved it. I loved watching it. I'm going to continue to watch it as it goes on. Um, overall, I just think that, you know, I, like I said, I hope we get more stuff like this. That's it. Um, but that's it on the last dance. Uh, the only other thing that I really want to talk about um, in the mind of Hayes, and this is just kind of a personal thing, is it's come out that uh, Democrats uh, want to because people are wearing masks, they're worried about racial racial bias and they want more training. And my thing is, if that is what you're worried about, I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't. So I want to make sure, make sure that like to keep people safe, you do what you can to keep people safe. But that is a big highlight on what the fuck is wrong with this country and the way that our police are trained. If we're worried about some in a, in a time where a lot of people are wearing masks for their own personal safety, you're now worried about people being racially profiled or racial bias, implicit racial bias. Um, because black people also wearing masks that should let you know how big the fucking problem is that we just continue to ignore in this country and it's not cool it's not anything that i think should be taken lightly and it's it's disgusting to be quite honest and i know i see some things and i think of them on a different level and i get all that um but it's just really it's just really in bad taste when you think about it the fact that just how all that has to go down it's just really really fucking stupid and sucky and for the people who think that like racial profiling isn't a thing or black people aren't treated differently, if that doesn't point out to you that this the stuff that is talked about is real, I don't know what the hell to tell you because you're just not paying attention at that point or you're choosing to turn a blind eye to it and not to see what the hell is going on in the world around you to the people that are your neighbors. Sometimes your friends are just like just because we're another race. Think about that for a second. Stop and think about that. That someone had to point out. Or, or that they're concerned that people may be racial profiled while everyone is wearing masks. I can see if it was just black people wearing masks, but no, it's everyone's wearing masks. And that's what the hell we're worried about. So think about that. Think about how, how, what place that means that we're at, but that's it uh, for this segment. I got nothing left. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. You're going to hear uh, uh, from another breaks media podcast. And then we're going to get into the cookie chronicles from the one and only First Lady. We'll see you guys right after that. This is Ms. 100. And this is Lady T. And we are the, the Hood, Hood Geniuses, Geniuses Podcast. Podcast. Every Monday we are releasing an episode, so make sure y'all stay tuned. And you can follow us on Twitter at Hood Geniuses Pod, on Facebook, Hood Geniuses Podcast, and on IG, Hood Geniuses Pod. And make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube page so y'all can see us live and in the flesh. Yeah, and uh, we don't need Lady T to knuck and buck for y'all to start <laughs> listening to us. You know what I'm saying? So don't make Lady T knuck and buck. Hey, listen, I mean, eventually, you know what I'm saying, Lady T is getting up in age, so it may be, I may be in my wheelchair on my cane, I don't know. But I will get to you. <laughs> yeah, so make sure y'all do that. Hit that subscribe button, follow, and y'all can email us at hoodgeniuses.com. 
pod at gmail.com. Thank you. Hey Saints and Ace, this is your girl, the First Lady with Cookie Chronicles here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. Now, I have a secret, y'all. And you've probably seen this whole craze floating around social media or even YouTube maybe four or five months ago. Don't kill me. I'm late. I know. But it's still an interesting thing to try. So my first episode of Cookie Chronicles, the full episode, because you guys know I'm revamping the show and bringing it back. Thanks to CEO Hayes. Hey, Hayes. Um, I tried this and purchased this kangaroo peel, okay? Now, if you don't know, the kangaroo peel is a sex enhancement peel for women. Now, it comes in two forms. It comes the regular kangaroo and then the Ultra 3000. Y'all know which one I got. I got the Ultra 3000, okay? So, this peel, I'm excited to try. I saw a few reviews on YouTube and was like, why not? Let's see what happens. Now, by no means do I need this pill. That's not a point of this experiment. I just want to try it. You know, if I'm going to have a show about love, sex, and relationships, I would be crazy not to try some of the fads, you know? And this is one of them. Now, I will say I have not tried it yet. I still have it here in the package. Um, But if I do like this, it is definitely something I will continue to try. Maybe on special occasions or some shit like that. But let me just read to you what it says. So, again, it's the Ultra 3000 Kangaroo Peel. It comes in a purple and white little packaging, okay? Now, it's supposed to last for up to 72 hours. Now, I did speak to the young lady who sold me the peel, Miss Shawnee. Hey, Shawnee. Um of Heart's Desire here in Suitland in the DMV. And she says that you have to be aroused for it to kick in. So you don't just take the pill and then automatically start feeling something 20, 30 minutes later. You actually have to be aroused for it to like, you know, do its magic. So this is what it says. It says that you become more relaxed. You get more sensitivity, more orgasms. Now for women, We know it takes a minute for us to orgasm for the most part, okay? So if this is going to give us more of it, I'm all for it. Um, And more vaginal lubrication. Now, it says that you need to take this pill 20 minutes prior to sexual activity. And you need to drink at least 16 ounces of water when taking a tablet. Now, I was also told it's okay to take a shot with it. So I'm going to do both the water and the shot um, to kind of balance it out. Um, and it says, don't take more than one tablet within 48 hours. I mean, why would you? It's supposed to last three days. So I'm definitely going to try this. Um, it has like all of these, they look like natural ingredients. I know one of them say horny goat weed. The other shit I'm not even going to try to pronounce because it's just a lot going on in here. But, um, it's been FDA approved and I'm just excited to try this. It says kangaroo ultra 3000 premium blend has been scientifically designed for women to increase sexual pleasure and performance. 
Kangaroo Ultra 3000 is formulated to promote vaginal lubrication, more sensitivity, and more stronger and frequent orgasms. So, I am going to try this pill at some point this weekend. Today is Saturday, um, April 18th. I will definitely have it tried come Monday. But um, I'm excited to try this. Now, I know that, you know, it might work. It might not. It depends on your body type. Like, there's so many other factors that coincide, like your weight, your metabolism. Um, I'm also told to take it on an empty stomach. Um, so I'll see. But there's also four other pills, three other pills that um, Heart's Desire sells. And they also sell all four of the pills as a package. I know uh, one is the Ultra 3000 Kangaroo. One is called the Pink Pussycat. Um, I've seen those in like sex stores and gas stations. Another one is called Kitty Cat. And I forgot what the fourth one is. But um, depending on how this works, I will try the others <laughs> and let you know my review on each of them. But this is just the first one. Um, also, to go with this, I purchased from Heart's Desire here in Suitland, Maryland, in the DMV. Uh, let me get it out. This is p- called Pure Instinct. It is a pheromone-infused fragrance oil. And I am going to try this in conjunction to the pill and see how this works. I'm pretty darn excited about it. Um, <laughs> again, I will try it before Monday and I will get back to everybody on my first full episode of how I felt about it. Now, also on this episode, I have a secret surprise, okay? But that will be revealed on the episode one, all right? And I will be doing this recording sometime next week. But I just wanted to let you guys know that I got it. I found it because it took me a little while to find it. Um, I actually initially ordered it from someone else that I know that has a sex shop, an online sex shop. Um, And I ordered it back on like April 3rd or 4th or something like that. But when I saw come this past Monday, I hadn't received it. I was like, hmm, let me reach out and see if they have a tracking number or something. So I reached out to my girl and apparently the manufacturers had canceled the order because it was out of stock and I was like damn so they just got it back in stock yesterday and my homegirl ordered it wholesale so that she could resell it but that was just yesterday and I didn't want to wait so I got on live today and was telling people um you know my listeners and my followers like hey I'm still going to do it there was a little glitch in order in the product but I'm going to go look for it today so that was my today's mission uh one of my followers Mr. Pup <laughs> actually suggested Miss Shawnee Brown and Heart's Desire to me. So that's who I reached out to to get it. Um, so I will add their website, telephone number, and link um, in the first episode as well. But again, they're located here in the DMV and they have two locations here. They have one on St. Barnabas Road in Maryland, and then they also have one in Washington, D.C. So even though um, they are non-essential, they are still sending out orders. And if you make an order and want to go pick it up and you're local here in the DMV, um, then you can go up to their shop and they will bring it out to you. So that's pretty cool. I definitely um, didn't have any sex shops here around my specific city to where I can go get it. So I'm glad that that listener uh, pointed me in the, the right direction. But again, it's called the Kangaroo Ultra 3000, and 
I will try it before Monday. <laughs> and my first full episode will be on the review. And I'll have a surprise in addition to my review uh, with something else for you guys. But thank you guys for listening. And I will definitely be sure to let you guys know what happens with this. So, yeah. Follow me, the first lady, D-A-F-I-R-S-T underscore L-A-D-I on Instagram. You can follow Cookie Cron, C-O-O-K-I-E-C-H-R-O-N. Um, on Instagram as well for the Cookie Chronicles page or where I do most of my lives now on Facebook, Tia, T-I-A, the first lady. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you found a pill that you want me to try or if you've experienced using this pill, let me know how you liked it, if it worked for you and what other things you experienced um, and also how your partner felt about it. All right, you guys, I will see you next week. Bye. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Make you do wrong. Make you do wrong. Make you do wrong. Make you do wrong. Alright, so that was the Cookie Chronicles, and that one was <laughs> I don't know what to say with that one, but I'm glad that uh T is really having fun with her segment and you're getting more of her personality. That's that's her. Like I don't step on her, I don't give her any limitations for the content she decides to deliver and bring to this podcast. I'm happy as hell that she is bringing and revamping her full podcast back. You'll continue to get that segment on this podcast, but make sure you guys, once it's announced, you'll hear it here. Go out and continue to support her and everything and all that good stuff because it's it's important and i think that you know what she does and i've always tried to encourage her to continue um being uh, the voice that she is so uh definitely check that out but it's time now for the discussion topic of this week's episode and it's one that i'm actually ex- really excited to bring you guys it's one that i've, I've kind of thought about i've suffered some myself which always tends to be the best ones on this podcast when I talk about things that I've suffered from as well. And so even in like what I talked about and I tweeted it out earlier today as of this recording and I talked about not being content in your content. Right. But even to take it a level deeper than that, I do want to say that I do think that very often in this creative space, we fall into not really ruts, but we fall into like a, a space of just being happy with what or being I'm sorry, not happy, being content with what we create. Because it checks off the boxes of what is expected of us or it gives us content. And sometimes we just are being content rather than trying to push the boundaries. But those are things that we'll talk more about in the series that we're doing to help creators uh, and everything. But I want to talk about something from this aspect, and that is how sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be happy. And there's a, a lot of different reasons for it. Sometimes it's it's for like self-preservation. Sometimes it's because we don't feel like we're worthy to be happy. But we're going to try to break that down. We're going to try to talk about it here now. So the first reason that I that I want to talk about that we uh, don't allow ourselves to be happy sometimes is that it disrupts how we view ourselves. We so often are used to viewing ourselves through the lens of what we've been through rather than where we're going or rather than what we're currently at. 
will not allow ourselves to be happy in the in the in the times that we're in or in the space that we're in now because our identity for so long has been the person who has battled up or, um, who has battled or has pulled themselves out of things or who has had to grind over and over and over again and because that's just who we now look at ourselves as as the as the grinder as the hard worker as the person who fights through adversity that we don't stop and just allow ourselves to be happy because we're looking at the next thing that needs to be our adversary or we're looking at the next thing that we need to list as an obstacle and we don't stop and let ourselves build up time to just be happy in where we are now the fact that we made it through whatever we had to go through so that is number one and i think that if we're honest with ourselves if i'm honest with me there was a chance a time where i was like that as well specifically with the whole working two jobs thing when I first moved out on my own, when I first started having my family, the, I worked two jobs, damn near 20 hours a day for years. I think I did my, myself like that for like three or four years. And my body was just couldn't handle it anymore to a degree. But that had become my identity for so long that I had two jobs that I just kept on to that. Like there was a time where I was making more at one job than I had made at like two jobs the last two years. But because something in me, I was like, I have to have a second job. I'm going to work it overnight at a gas station. So I was I was businessman, financial person during the day and working at a gas station overnight because that had just become my identity was the hard worker. And I didn't allow myself to realize I don't have to work this hard anymore. I pulled myself up this far. I built myself up in my career up this much that I am now sitting at a job that I make more money than what I probably ever thought that I'd be able to make without a college degree. But because working, being a hard worker had become my identity, I thought that I had to keep that those those two jobs. Otherwise, I wasn't doing enough. So you have to think about stuff like that. How, how much, if you're being honest with yourself, how many times have you put yourself in a similar situation just because something had become your identity, it became how you identified yourself, it became how people recognize you is that, oh, that's the hard worker. So you felt like you had to keep that up because that was just your identity rather than sit back and take time and allow yourself to be happy where you had come from so far into your career. So think about that. Number two in this of why or how we we keep ourselves from being happy is that allowing ourselves to be happy challenges us it challenges and it makes us have to let down our defenses because we have been we have become so closed off and this go, goes out a big part to my sisters to our black women we have become so closed off um and so comfortable in being that hardened shell that the thought of being actually being truly happy and letting that let, letting that guard down and just taking in the happiness something's going to come it's going to be uh, the other shoe's going to drop if i let myself be happy for a minute something's going to happen to completely tear down everything i'm happy about so i might as well not even give it the chance and just keep my defenses up think about that that probably true that probably happens more than what we allow ourselves to really admit that it happens but you got to stop and you got to think about if you're doing and, and and causing that for yourself. Are your defenses keeping you from allowing yourself to be happy? Really take a chance, a time to sit back and evaluate that and think about that statement. Our defenses become like armor, right? There are armor that guards us against everything that could possibly hurt us or could get in our way or could cause uh, our pain for the ones that were um, that our loved ones or cause us to not feel like we're being rejected or that something um or that or that anything like but when you build up those defenses and your defenses become uh become challenged we feel like we feel like we're, we're doing something wrong it becomes feeling like unnatural but as i have always said when you have your guard and your defenses up that much not only are you possible are you blocking out or defending against some bad things but sometimes you're also keeping good things from coming in so sometimes like allowing ourselves to be happy 
because it challenges what we've now become, what has become our wall or our armor that we don't let that down because we think that it's made that that's also a form of weakness or we're not going to be prepared for the next thing that happens. Number three of how we don't allow ourselves to be happy. Sometimes it just causes us anxiety. And it, and it may seem crazy to hear that and say, how does being happy cause someone anxiety? Well, when you think about it, it's completely possible. Again, that goes back to kind of what I talked about before, is that if we are in such a place where we've just become used to being on the defense, where we've become uh, used to being guarded, the thought of that of that armor, that shield going completely away and us just relaxing in our happiness, it can be it can cause you to go fucking crazy. Or even let's say let's not even say the fact of letting our defenses down. Let's say you're not even someone who has the armor that defense up, but you allow yourself to be happy. Now that's causing you anxiety because now you're worried about how long that happiness is going to last. Is the happiness forever? Is it going to be challenged? Um, And it's not going to be long before we either mess that up for ourselves or something comes along and messes messes it up. So we don't even really allow ourselves time to take in that happiness because we're too worried about what may possibly come and take that happiness away. So think about that when when you're thinking about the your guard up and everything else. Like you really could be blocking out so much more. Um, number four. Uh, sometimes it makes us feel guilty. Sometimes because of the other people around us that don't have the ability to be happy. Um, or sometimes when you do sit around and allow yourself to be happy in the things that are going on, you start thinking, why me? What is that? What, what have I done to deserve to be the one to be happy where there are so many people who are, are unhappy or so many people who are going through stuff that like, it's like a version of survivor's guilt when you think about it that way. Um, and oftentimes like we'll allow that, that guilt that we feel to make it, to make it be like, well, I don't deserve to be happy. And then you still deal with shit that you don't need to be dealing with. Are you don't, like I said, like this whole thing is sitting in your happiness, just enjoying the happiness that you've earned and that you've worked yourself to. So when you, when you feel, start feeling guilty about being happy, you're, you're keeping yourself from really enjoying your own happiness. And it's something that, you know, I, I would like to think that it happens more in the black community that we feel that uh, way because very often, like how many of us have come like people who have come from uh, harder backgrounds and then they think they're the ones that made it out. But what 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 did they deserve? What did they do that caused them to deserve to make it out? And they don't really ever sit in the happiness of the fact of what they made themselves through. And then we, we I mean, we've talked about that generational trauma and uh, the PTSD sometimes that just happens in the black community naturally, depending on where you grew up at. And that is very real. So uh, very often you won't allow yourself to be happy when you think about stuff like that. Number five that we have to that we have to talk about here. um, Sometimes being happy forces us to face pain, right? Pain that we have buried, buried away or that we've kept throwing under the rug for so long. And to truly be happy, sometimes we have to face that head on. So to avoid doing that, we just will stay in a place of being unhappy because it's better than facing what we've had, what we've been through. And that's a whole different form of trauma sometimes you do need therapy for it like i've said before on this podcast a lot that sometimes you know i I, there's nothing wrong with not sometimes there's nothing wrong with seeking therapy to get yourself to a mental place but that is something that we go through in um minority communities i'm not saying that it just affects us but yeah we we often don't really want to face what we went through i knew somebody and i'm not going to mention any names because i'm not going to throw them under the bus but what they went through as a child with like being poor and having to share bathwater with uh, their family, um, they almost didn't ever want to think about it. Um, and for them to talk about that 
or to admit that or to really face how that that made them feel the fact that they had to grow up that way. They just kept running from it. And in the process of just keep running from it, running from it, running from it, you've now there are things and uh, that that's gone on to affect possibly in their life that originates just from them not dealing with that one thing. But because, of course, they haven't taken the time out to really face the pain of what the upbringing was, not really be resentful for, but just to to realize, look, I, this was not OK. Yeah, it was. It was I didn't know any better. But now I feel so much pain and being ashamed over it that they didn't face that. And then that goes on to cause trauma in other places. But again, um, it it's hard to face pain for all of us. I think um, it, some of us have have built up enough resiliency to where we're better at it than others. But I don't think that that ever it ever stops being hard to face pain. What well, I mean, I say hard. I don't I don't think that it, it ever is something that that people necessarily welcome is just to face pain. But we learn to deal with it. We learn to make it through it because we ultimately want to be happy. So ask yourself, are you fighting your own happiness because you don't want to face the pain of some of the stuff that you went through in life? Um, but as we do, I just gave you those reasons of how sometimes we fight our own happiness. Now we're going to talk about the flip side of it. What are some things that we can do to overcome it? Uh, one thing is, is don't go through it alone. We're not put here on this earth to go through things alone, whether it means through friendships, whether it means through relationships, whether it means through marriages, whether it means through uh, being, a, being a parent. We're not meant to go through this journey of life alone. A big thing of what we do and what we're here for, the reason why we're sociable creatures is because we're not meant, like some people are very well at going through it alone, dealing with stuff alone and don't need attachments. Um, but for the for the majority, we're not meant to go through, through things alone, whether that means having someone you can vent to, whether it means just having someone that's gonna hold you accountable or someone who just helps you stay focused on your goals. Ha don't go through this stuff alone. And hopefully it can help you stop fight, fighting your own happiness. Second thing um, on being more proactive rather than just identifying is recognize the pattern that you go. Through. Recognize the whether it's good or bad patterns. If it's good patterns, then you can use that to hopefully apply to other things in life. If it's bad patterns, learn those patterns that you're going through. So then you can try to fight out that self-destructive behavior. We get caught up in patterns just because they become routine, they become the norm, and we normalize them in our head. And in the long run, we're really just either hurting us or hurting the people around us, which adds to being self-destructive, and it doesn't allow for you to, to feel happy. So that's another way that you can battle that. Um, another uh, pointer of what you can do is find ways that you can get rid of the negative influences from your past, whether it was something that someone who really thought they were telling you good advice or whether it was something that you learned from seeing some of your parents' bad behaviors or some other people around you's bad behaviors is identify those first and differentiate those negative behaviors from positive ones and then try to take the positive qualities and emulate those more and break and break from those uh, those negative influences that happened in your past. And yeah, that takes steps. It's not just as easy as just saying, oh, well, this is one all right, we're going to eliminate that. We're going to do this instead. Sometimes you have to build up kind of like muscle memory. You have to build up and, and break that routine and break that cycle. Um, and I think that we are the first generation who I say this all the time that understands the importance of mental health. This is one of those steps in that. Um, second thing, I'm not second thing. The next thing, stop taking the mentality of being a victim. Let, let me let me say that again for the congregation. Stop taking the mentality of being the victim. You have to take control of your own life. You have to, the past is no longer in your control, no matter if it was something you did or something that people did around you. At the end of the day, you are now an independent adult 
who is free to make your own decisions and you have to own those decisions. So stop playing the victim in everything that you do. Stop looking at things as if everything happens to you and wonder what you can have done to make the, what you could have done or what you will do to make the situation better. The way that you react is always 100 percent on you. And unless someone's holding a gun to your head and telling you to act a certain way, they're going to shoot you. That action that you do is 110 percent on you. Even then, if someone's holding a gun to you, that's still your choice to do that because you can take the bullet. <laughs> um, but seriously, we so many people, so many adults. And I mean, adult adults, like well into their age, will still take the mindset and the standpoint of being the victim in everything that happens to them in life. That if you and you have to identify, like, that's one thing that I don't want around me. People who are constantly the victim in everything that happens or talks about their life as if they don't have any control over it or if they're a bystander to their own actions. You, you, I don't want those people around me. You have to take ownership of your actions, you have to take ownership in the things that you, the choices that you made to get to the place that you are. You're not a vict always a victim of circumstances. Sometimes you're just a victim of your own choices, your own choices. So many people like and that's why I hate hearing the thing where people like in relationships say, oh, I wasted my time. No, you didn't waste your time. Now, you may have not made the best decisions ever, but as long as you're growing from that, you didn't waste that time. There's no time. There's not a single thing that you can say that you wasted all your time for because you should at least grow for it from it or learn something from it. Um, Even if it's learning what decisions not to make, you're not always the victim. I can't stress that enough. Stop being the fucking victim and passenger in your own life. Last thing here. Very last thing before we go home is recognize that you're powerful and resilient and capable most of us are capable in one way or another of getting through most things that happen in life it's just like you hear all these people who are now saying because of COVID-19 first mention of it in the podcast by the way um uh, you hear all these things with COVID-19 saying that the world will never be the same and I think people doubt the resiliency of of us as humans just like with 9-11 so many people said they would never fly again after 9-11 most of those people are flying again like nothing ever happened yeah the way that we do it now changes. No one's saying that. And the way things, the way that you do certain things may change, but you're capable and powerful enough to make it through almost anything that life throws at you. If you're not dead, you made it through, thus meaning you're powerful enough to overcome it. Stop allowing setbacks to completely unravel everything that happens in your life. A setback is just that. It's a setback. It's not a hard stop. It's not a finale. It's not the end. It's a setback. And as long as you're still breathing, you have the time and the ability and you're capable enough to learn how to overcome it. It depends on like the amount of time, the amount of attention, the amount of work may be different uh, depending on the situation. But more times than not, you are very well capable of getting through it. That's how we are going to get out the way of our own happiness. That's how we're going to stop our own happiness from coming. All those things. We're going to go ahead and recap it again. Don't go in it alone. You need help. We need help as people. Recognize the patterns that you may be caught in, both negative and positive, and do with those what you need to do. Find ways to differentiate the negative influences in your life from the positive ones or how to build positive ones. Don't take mentality of a victim. Stop being a fucking victim in your own life. And lastly, recognize that you're powerful and you're capable enough to make it through whatever the hell you're going through. These are all steps in how to go through that challenge that we call life. And this is the awakened soul. This is the what the this is my purpose for being here is to help people through this and, and let them know that it is you're capable of doing it. You can do it. Sometimes it's just going to take time. 
But that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. I am your host, CEO Hayes. Um, this has been another episode of The Awakening. So I want to thank you guys for all the support that you showed with the episode with my daughter, uh, for the episode with my daughter. Uh, Maya has loved seeing the feedback, love uh, all the like screenshots people have sent me of them actually watching uh, the episode, the video, I told you guys, this was a, a one that you definitely wanted to watch the video for. Some people even went to the podcast and went and, and watched the video later. So I thank you guys for that. That's my baby girl. Uh, most people who have either seen the who consumed the episode one way or another have all said, yeah, that's your daughter. Um, and, you know, it, it's I think having her on that on that platform and us having that conversation was needed um, because it took and allowed me to come back and see some things and that I uh, need to be doing better with her as well, as far as like making sure she feels supported and she feels heard. Sometimes I immediately can fall into the uh, mindset of, well, me and her are the closest. We're going to be good. She'll tell me if something's wrong. And I'm noticing that that's not always the case. Um, even though we are like, extremely close and as she said there, she feels she can talk to me. There's still times where I need to be um, actively going out and trying to get her to open up more and more than just thinking, Oh, she, she'll come to me when she's ready. Um, so, you know, it, it was a great conversation to have. I know a lot of other parents have heard that one and said that it's going to cause them to have like conversations uh, with their children. You know what? And it's something that it bothered me. Let me not say it bothered me, but it's something I definitely noticed that after the episode uh, went up, other creatives are now doing episodes with their kids. And I was like, ah, you know, I see I see I inspired you guys there. But it really if, if that that's the whole purpose of it, if that episode has caused you now, whether it's you're a creative or not, sit down and have that conversation with your children, then it did its purpose. I know I got a lot out of it. Hell, and I was in the conversation. So I just want to thank you guys uh, for your continued support of the episode, for the continued support of the Awakened Soul podcast. Um, yeah, what we got coming in 2020 is just going to be major. I got a may up. I got a pretty big interview lined up. I got a couple of pretty big interviews lined up, actually. So. We're working here, man. Uh, we are working our asses off. Um, Breaks Media, uh, Pretty Lit Conversations is a new member of the Breaks Media Network. So make sure you go and check them out. We're trying to get the website updated. So they're listed there. Um, also, Poetry After Dark is another member of the Breaks Media now. Make sure you're checking out that podcast as well. Make sure you're listening to it after dark, too. It really highlights the thing, especially if you listen to it with your partner as well. Um, yeah, we just we're, we're continue differentiating the content that we bring here. Um, even on the Awakened Soul, like I said, um, what I'm doing now with the series, the live series on helping people with their content and their marketing, all just passionate stuff. I don't want to work with anyone who's not passionate, period, point blank. So that's it uh, for this episode. Again, I think I said it, but if I did, you can follow me at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul or at Awakened Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 614 614- Five four seven two zero three nine. We are the number one podcast, the number one network around. Period. Point blank. If you got a problem with it, you can see me. We out this mug. Peace. Through the mail, fishing for a fee to feed my female ASAP. Nature is a mother, and life is a bitch. I am convinced. God coming, she just taking her time. God coming, she just. Taking a time. Guy coming, she just taking a time. Guy coming, she just taking a time. Man, time, baby. I get the feeling that you only playing hard to get. Cause you ain't forget how much I love a challenge. 
I know we were divided to restore the balance. Hope I still get you wet while you bending over backwards. Watching over me in ecstasy, expecting me. Your number is 6 and 50, interestingly. I hope you're still blue with golden ovaries. On your tippy toes for me, just how you're supposed to be. They spoke of us in Cairo quite some time ago. How these adamants adapt to this is incredible. They love to go to sleep, but hate to be awake. Treat the eye of Horus as if it's just a symbol. Unattainable, they read the wrong rights. They see the signs, but ain't see what the signs are. But luckily, uh, love is the only law. Uh, love is the, uh, love is the only law. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.